All right, everybody, I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I'm super excited about today because it's one thing to talk about servant leadership. It's another thing to watch it in motion. And in this person, this servant leader, we've watched it in motion. Actually, if you're a March Madness fan, you're really excited about this young man. You got assistant coach at Texas Southern University, Coach Brandon Chambers with us today. And I'm super excited, Coach. I got to first tell you congratulations just on the stretch that your young men and your, your the, the whole staff made in your conference and in NCAA, I'm a fan. I jumped on board immediately. Um, you know, COVID made it hard to kind of follow teams, but I, I truly was an instant fan. So I just want to thank you for your time, man, because you really hadn't had time to decompress yet, but I thank you for being here. And I'm going to pass the torch to you so you could just say hello to our listeners and we'll get this conversation started. Well, first and foremost, I appreciate you. I'm, I'm, uh, extremely grateful for the opportunity and the, the platform and really, really grateful uh, for you. Uh, I myself ran a, a Zoom last summer and I know how much work goes into it. Uh, and it's a lot of times a, a thankless uh, job, you know, and, and just the fact that you have brought together your own tribe and your own group uh, to pass on knowledge, information, and you're sharing really what's important in life is, uh, is unbelievable. You know, you're doing God's work and I really mean that. And, uh, so I'm thankful for you and I'm, I'm extremely grateful and, and honored and privileged to be here. And, and to be honest, we had a great group of guys. There's no coincidence. I think this is probably relative to any team that makes the NCAA tournament, but teams that make it there have great groups, you know, character wins. I really believe that. And, uh, I think our, our coaching staff would, would second that. I did get a text message from a good friend when we got our draw. Uh, we, we ended up winning our first four game. We were fortunate uh, to play Mount St. Mary's and, and win that game. And I got a friend from a text, I got a text message from a friend that said, uh, my daughter has picked you guys over Michigan. I tried to explain to her that it's a 16-1 seed. Uh, <laughs> He said, no pressure, just don't let my daughter down. <laughs> so Love unfortunately, it. we couldn't we couldn't get it done. But, you know, they've gone on to obviously continue playing. And, uh, you, you know, it's never you don't like losing. It doesn't matter how you lose. It, it kind of stings. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. But, uh, you know, if they go on to win the national championship, I, I don't know if it would hurt less, but maybe we can uh, redefine the loss a little bit. No, I agree. And I think uh, all of us coaches, no matter what sport that we coach, can kind of agree. And I, and I will tell you, in watching that game, you know, not only against um, Mount St. Mary, um, I was super excited. I remember even calling my godparents. They were walking. I'm like, y'all not going to believe this. This is the one. And then just watching you all compete against Michigan, same thing. It wasn't like a rollover type of deal. Like, you all were in there. So that's a testament to you guys and just, you know, the young men that you all are building. Uh, it speaks volumes to who they are and what they are. So there was no way that we didn't get you on here. So, you know, Coach, and talking about that, can you talk a little bit about the journey that led you to Texas Southern? Like, how did you get into coaching? What was that playing life like? Because some players don't go into coaching. So just talk to us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, for me, I, I mean, I, I tell people I'm the luckiest guy in, in coaching. And I really believe that because I didn't grow up thinking I wanted to be a coach, you know, I know my athletic appearance may look like 
I was a hell of a player. I'm just kidding when I, when I say that, but uh, um, you know, I, I didn't, you know, score a million points growing up in high school. I didn't, uh, you know, have all these glamorous offers and um, you know, it just, it just wasn't, wasn't in the cards for me. I was a good player, you know, played growing up. I was very thankful that my dad put the ball in my hands. Um, to be honest, I probably could have gone on and, and played division two, II, division three. Um, but it just, you know, things changed, life happened. And, uh, and what I mean by that, when I was 17 years old, I made a couple of bad decisions and uh, really redefined and reshaped my life. In 2006, I was 14 years old and I walked in the kitchen and my mom was, was, uh, was crying and I didn't know what she was, you know, what was wrong. And uh, so I finally got it out of her. My dad had been diagnosed with, with ALS. And from that moment on, up until 17 years old, my perspective of life had changed. I had a very, uh, very victim's mentality approach. And to be honest, I question my faith a lot. You know, it's, you have a guy that was a, uh, all American football player, all American husband, all American father, uh, served his country without reservation. And to find out he has a terminal disease, it, you know, it rocked you to your core. And, and at the time, I was 14, 15 years old, so I wasn't emotionally prepared for those kinds of things. So I just approached life different. You know, I started acting out, started doing some really stupid things, making some bad decisions. And I was fortunate that although I made bad decisions, I still had a group of people that, that cared for me and saw potential. And uh, to my, you know, coaching career, I think if you ask to a player, I really try not to give up on the kid, you know, like in life, they say, if you knew better, you'd do better. Right. That's really some a foundation of, of my coaching. Uh, so for me, it kind of just fell into my lap. You know, I was, again, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I, I at 17 years old, I get in some trouble, had two felonies on my name, uh, kicked out of my house. Mom, you know, wasn't happy with how I was treating the situation with my father. At that point, he needed 24 seven hospice care and being the oldest in the house at the time, it just, you know, I wasn't make, making great life decisions and I needed to be helping out more with my father and obviously helping out more with, uh, with my mom. And I wanted to be a normal kid. Just, it, it just kind of clashed. The two worlds clashed and uh, got kicked out of the house, homeless for two months. Obviously, like I said, I was in trouble with the law. Um, got really lucky. Uh, you know, I, I ended up getting on with the right people, lived with an uncle, got into VCU uh, after graduating from an alternative school. Uh, one random night, trying to figure out what life was, knew I wasn't happy doing what I was doing. Emailed uh, Anthony Grant, who's now at the University of Dayton. Uh, he was the head coach of VCU at the time. We didn't have a football team either, so it's not like I could have gone the football route and just said, hey coach, know some of the guys, would love to get involved. Anything I can do, if I, you know, whatever you need, I'll, I'll do it. I didn't even know what a student manager was at the time. That's how naive and foolish I was, uh, you know. And next thing I know, I, I sent that email at two or three in the morning. Emails me back at seven, says, "Yeah, come in the office. We'd love to have you." Season end, had just ended, and they were trying to figure out, you know, uh, transition wise, you know, recruiting. Obviously, uh, you, you know, obviously with the coach's lifestyle, it really never ends, and. There was a lot of things they needed to get done, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, so I started kind of helping out here and there. And next thing I know, he goes to Alabama and Shaka Smart gets hired within two <laughs> weeks. So yeah, uh, 
just kind of crazy transi transition going from thinking I've, I've got a setup and then Shaka saying that I got an interview for the student manager job. And again, I was fortunate, you know, I, with Shaka, uh, I was able to keep my, you know, my, my student manager position that I had just uh, acquired. And my senior year, we ended up going to a final four. Um, again, you, I can't forecast that. It's, I didn't have this grand grand plan of, of being this great coach or uh, going to VCU and, and being a part of the team. And, uh, you know, they had had success, but that's, I mean, I went to VCU because I didn't get accepted anywhere else, to be honest, you know, and sometimes God works in mysterious ways. And, uh, you know, that's just one of those examples, you know, just kind of led me in that direction. Uh, and going into my second year, I saw the impact that Coach Smart had had on his players. We had just come off the CBI National Championship. I really wanted that. I yearned for that. You know, my father had just passed away in April 2010. And I wanted to have that impact because I saw what it did for the student athletes that we had at VCU. And I saw the kind of mentorship, uh, fathership, anything you can think of that goes into coaching that impact it has on it had on our players and I just it's something that I wanted it's something that I I thought I could use my story to help other individuals and so just asked him I said hey coach we were at summer camp and you know I was obviously you know coaching or or uh reffing a game or whatever it might be and I just said hey coach I want to coach you know what do I have to do and uh you know from that point forward any advice that I got I took it to the 10th degree and 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 you know, did that, was fortunate, got a job at Misericordia University. It's a Catholic school in, in uh, Dallas, Pennsylvania. I used to tell recruits we were in Dallas. I wouldn't tell them that we were in Dallas, Pennsylvania to the third <laughs> or fourth conversation. You know, they would tell us that they, they, they thought we were in Texas and I would play it off as if it was just miscommunication on my end. But uh, but fortunate again, you know, I, I work for an all-star coach. He's now the head women's coach at Bucknell University. Uh, he went uh, from Misericordia coaching the men's side. We had the, the best season in school history, made the NCAA tournament, first time in school history, uh, had some All-Americans. And that coach then went on to coach at University of Scranton Women's. And, you know, obviously he's at Bucknell now and, and, uh, and just continues to win and have success. And again, another elite coach, really fortunate to work there. Uh, ended up going home, working two years at Marymount University. Another great guy, another great coach, Chris Rogers. Uh, broke school record for wins, rebroke school record for wins. I didn't forecast any of this, you know? It's like every job was the job that I could get, <laughs> not that the job that I wanted necessarily. Uh, now looking back at it, you know, it's it's all worked itself out. Um, right. Not that I wouldn't do the same thing, you know, knowing now what, you know, what I know, but, uh, you know, it's not like I had 10 job offers on the table and I was trying to decipher which one was the best for me. Uh, Marymount University was offering me $8,000 a year and I didn't have a, a plan B. So uh, I, I went to Marymount and um, fortunate that we were successful and, and I was able to, to impact the program in a positive way. Uh, decided to get out of the Division Three world. Uh, just figured, you know, the Division Three world's its own kind of unique level, not a lot of exposure. Um, was coaching AAU on the side as well, travel basketball. So I was basically gone the entire summer. Uh, in Division Three, there's no recruiting rules. So you can go out every single night if you want to. I was working a full-time job as well. And uh, it just was burning me out. You know, I, I had to rethink 
and strategize how I was going to get to where I wanted to get to. Uh, so I went and coached high school basketball for a year at Paul the Six High School. And uh, again, not necessarily for fame or fortune. Uh, I had some, I actually had some other opportunities, even some at the division one level that I could have taken, uh, but it just didn't make sense for me at the time. Ended up coaching a McDonald's All-American there, uh, went to a state championship, unfortunately lost in the, the state championship and uh, just had a, a really good year working for one of the best human beings in basketball and Glenn Farello. Again, got lucky, started a website, realized I could send an email uh, to, uh, to every division one, two and three coach in the country. Uh, the website was a coaching website, leadership, culture, anything you can think of. I'd repost articles. Uh, I'm a big quotes guy, as you know, and uh, would send that out. Started communicating regularly with Eric Musselman at Nevada. He had just gotten the job, just came off a year where I believe he went right above 500. I think he was 19, 14. Worked up the courage to, to ask him, hey, coach, you know, uh, I'd love to work for you if you have a job, whether it's paid or not paid. I'd love to take you up on it. And uh, fortunate for me, he had a uh, volunteer video coordinator spot. Next thing I know, I'm in Reno, Nevada, and, and uh, we won three straight conference championships, went to a Sweet 16, and, uh, you know, he obviously went on to, to Arkansas and, and played last night and fortunately lost the game against Baylor, but, uh, but he's had some, some unbelievable moments as a coach, and I was fortunate to be a part of those and, and uh, came down here with, with Johnny Jones to Texas Southern. So I apologize for the, the length of that, but when you're a person like you or myself, you're well-traveled and you've been a few places in your life, you know, and, and each place it's hard to skip over, you know, they're very important in the process. And unfortunately for me, you know, it started with this, uh, you know, this bad decision and this uh, adversity that I went through some opposition um, and it just reshaped my life. And, and to be honest, I tell people all the time, I'm the luckiest guy in the world people look at my resume, they look at the things that I've accomplished, you know, going to the, the final four, sweet 16, taking four schools to, you know, tournaments, coaching at McDonald's all American. Uh, I've never had a losing season, you know, which is extremely, extremely fortunate, as you know, in our, in our business. And, and even more so, I've never had a losing season. And I didn't really even decide where I was going. I just kind of showed up, you know, uh, God, God kind of led me on that path. And uh, so they, so, so I say that to say people look at my resume and uh, I find it almost odd at times because I'm a man built on failure. You know, I, I, I dealt with an extreme amount of adversity early on in my life that really has shaped and defined who I am as a man throughout my entire career. Why I coach is why I coach. You know, I don't coach basketball. I coach human beings and, and basketball just happens to be the platform that, that I can do it. And, uh, you know, so they see the resume, but they don't see the scars, you know, they don't see the adversity, yeah. they don't see the, the pain and the, 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 the uh, things that you have to go to, go through uh, to get to it. And uh, so I just, it's, it's odd at times, but it's, uh, it's made me a better man. And, and I'm extremely fortunate and grateful that, uh, that I'm at where I'm at. And I've been able to impact the, the individuals that I've been able to impact. And I think it's amazing. And I don't think honestly, each step was necessary. And that is why I always open up with saying, talk to me about your journey, that athletic journey, because in that it's a story, right? And I tell people all the time, we, we always want to show the world the glory, right? So social media has a way 
of showing people what we want to show them, right? People will look at you, Coach Chambers, oh man, he's doing this, he's doing that, exactly what you said. You take a look at my resume, but you don't see the scars. But it's amazing how each stop, as you said, your life started, that moment started with adversity. And the first thing that popped in my head was that scripture that says all things work together for the good of them. It doesn't feel good while we're in it. We don't always see it when we're in it. But all of those steps did exactly what you said. It built that resume. It helped me to be able to overcome adversity. And not only that, it allowed me, they'll never replace my all-American father. But what it does is allows me to be with these great men who all taught me something along the way to now know that I use basketball as a platform to coach human beings. And I think that's amazing. You know? Appreciate it. And I love that because you always like pull out some of the best ones and one of the ones that I had screenshot this when I actually first asked you to come on. Um, and then there was another one that she said a little while ago that I loved. And you said a lot of people have potential written on the written on their tombstones. And I love that because you remind me a lot of uh, uh, Coach Brittany Ezell. And she always talks about legacy living. And a lot of times we, you know, have all these hopes and dreams and say what we're going to do. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we talk about that dash, my pastor and many ministers out there talk about what happens in our dash. So when you, when you mention that quote, what I want to ask you to talk about is when you think about that legacy living, when you think about coaching these young men at each stop that you've made and exactly what you said is I use basketball as a platform to coach human beings. Can you take a moment and talk about how you coach those young men outside of the lines? What are you doing to be able to enrich them outside of the court? Well, uh, give me a sec to unpackage this. So <laughs> okay. first off, and I love my, you know, I actually heard that on a podcast uh, by Eric Thomas, and I think it's extremely impactful. The wealthiest place in the world is a cemetery, you know, yes. that's where all the hopes and dreams are, you know, and um, when I think about it, you know, just to, to, to kind of, uh, you know, wrap that, that quote up, it's, you know, Maya Angelou has a great quote. It says, the two most important days of someone's life is the day you're born and the day you find out why. And uh, I think that's so important. You know, what, what's your why? Why do you do what you do? I do it because of my scars. I do it because of what I went through. Uh, and, and, you know, to talk about some of the things you do off the court, I just think the biggest thing that you can do is pour as much love as you can into your players. And, you know, I, I, I joke around and say, how do you spell love? It's T-I-M-E. You know, you do it with time. Uh, we're in a business where, unfortunately, you have to make a lot of sacrifices. And the, the, the most uh, precious thing that we have is our time. And so why not use it wisely? Why not really pour in to our players? Why not uh, empty our bucket into them? And uh, I think that's the most important thing. And you can do it in a variety of ways. You know, the first thing I think which gets messed, uh, missed a lot is your example is so important as a person, you know, and, and just because you went through something doesn't mean you can't set the proper example for your student athletes. You know, I use my scars a lot. I used to hide them, you know, but I, I'm in a place now where I feel comfortable talking about it. And I think it can be a positive tool and, and to show where. I'm at now in my life, you know, it, it, it serves as a, Hey, look, you know, I'm a 31 year old white guy. You know, you don't know my story. You don't know my background. You don't know what I've been through, 
but some of the things that you're going through, I've been through, you know, like, you know, not growing up with a, with a father or dealing with a death in the family or being, I was homeless, you know, I was starving. I didn't eat. Uh, you know, I, I dealt with those things, not having family, feeling like people abandoned you. Um, and to, sh to show you where I'm at now, it's possible. You know, if you do this, this, and this, there's a plan in place. And I'm the, the living, walking, breathing example of that. Uh, second thing is, and I think you do this through, through your uh, example, but I also think you do it by pouring into your players is really pouring into their character and really pouring into who they are as a person, whether it's a woman or a man and showing them the right way to do things. You know, sometimes I think, especially with our generation now is it's lost in social media. It's lost in uh, uh, just how we treat other people is how to have a strong foundation, how to have strong character, you know, what your morals are, what your, what's your, uh, you know, the foundations or pillars of what you stand on. Um, and again, you, you can do that by being a great example, being a role model. You can do that by direct mentoring and pouring into a student athlete. Uh, but at the core of it, uh, I think it's almost biblical, you know, a house built on sand won't stand. And if you yourself don't have a strong foundation, if you yourself don't have the discipline, you'll never be able to give away what you don't have. And I think that's really important. Uh, you know, so for me, it's always been, how can I give away knowledge or wisdom if I don't attain it? So that's why I read every day. That's why I, I, I am constantly thirsty for information, knowledge. You know, I read for a, an hour every morning. You know, I can't tell you how many student athletes particularly student athletes that don't read, you know, and I ask them all the time, you know, Hey, what are you reading right now? They say, I haven't read a book in 10 years. Why not? You know, your education, don't ever let your education, you know, get in the way of, of your, your knowledge, your, your yeah. uh, quest for, uh, you know, wisdom, you know, uh, you know, formal education is a formal education, but life is so much more than that, you know, and, and unfortunately in our, avenue it's not even just that it's they think basketball is who they are but in reality it's what they do and a lot of times you have the identity crisis where people uh, that hit adversity players when they when they get to college or they can't get past that barrier that ceiling you know they they run into the point where the other players the other teams whatever it might be are just as talented as they are and how do they deal with that? And they struggle with that because this is what they've always done. They've always been a great basketball player. Yeah. They've always been a great student athlete. They've never dealt with the adversity and they don't know how to, they're not equipped with the tools. Uh, so, you know, and, and again, going back to the character thing, I think that's, that's part of the deal. You have to be able to define uh, character and not just define it to them. You have to exemplify it yourself and, and, you know, manufacture moments where you're mentoring and you're pouring into your players. Um, you know, and then, I, you know, I think the last thing as well is I think we live in a world where, especially now, our players, our youth have all the answers. Because in reality, they think they do. And yeah, it's funny to say it's almost uh, ironic because I was the same, even though we didn't have, you know, 
10 years ago, we didn't have, uh, we had social media, but it wasn't like it was now, you know, Twitter, uh, is like the ultimate news station now where it's, you know, constantly pumping material that, uh, is meaningless in, in life, uh, or inaccurate for that matter. But it, uh, you know, people think that it's biblical, you know, um, and, uh, it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. So I think you have to also be sensitive to that and know that, 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 that's going to happen going into it, that they have all the answers. Um, but, it's also important as our, as we talk about all the time in our profession that you have to coach them off the court as well. And you have to educate them on those things, you know, and I can give you, I can give you an easy example if that doesn't make any sense, but so, you know, we have all of the, the social injustices last year and, and all the things that happened and, and, uh, something that I thought was very interesting, especially being at an HBCU being in Houston, um, you know, my entire life, I've played sports. I've lived in, I was born overseas in Italy. I've lived in, I can't even tell you how many states. Ethnicity, uh, race has never, it's never, in my mind, it's never crossed my mind. But obviously all these things are happening and, and I'm trying to educate myself as well. I found it so interesting that you have, particularly in basketball, African-American players and, and even players I'm recruiting that their parents and their grandparents and their great grandparents had dealt with these things, these injustices and, and the unfortunate things that the just ungodly things that, that they had been going through in life. And it was like their own educational system of, uh, of the world. And, uh, and then you also have Twitter, which gives you a totally different example sometimes of uneducated people, you know, regardless of whoever they are. And, uh, and it's just like, you got to try to meet, you know, and, and, and find that, uh, commonplace, that middle ground. Um, so I, you know, I took it upon myself to, cause I don't necessarily trust everything on Twitter, you know, and, um, shoot, you just go through a, a Twitter post and you go through the comments and you just see how many inaccurate things there may be, or, you know, right. people's opinions and, the problem is people take that as, 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 as if it's coming from God, you know, as if it's the truth. Uh, so I took it upon myself. I, I called some people that were older than me and I just wanted to hear what they thought. And I wanted to pick their brains. And I just said, Hey, no disrespect. I, I just want to know, you know, like, tell me about Rodney King. Tell me about Martin Luther King. Tell me about all of the things that you've dealt with in your life. Cause I'm oblivious to it and it's wrong. And I want to know what the truth is. You know, I want to hear it from, from other people and I want to learn, I want to be better. And, uh, you know, it's like, if you, if you go online, it's, you can give, be told a totally different story. And, um, so you got to be sensitive to it, you know, and, and obviously that's an extreme example of, of a point in time last year that was very, very, uh, hypersensitive, you know, uh, anywhere in the country, it still is. Uh, with the the court cases that are going on and uh, but that's every you know that's not just that's the extreme example that's with everything you know you could say Kobe Bryant is the best basketball player that ever lived and you'd get 15 different answers of 15 different players yeah you know what I mean Uh, so it it can be anything and uh, I just think you know with the the 
uh, implication of social media and, and how accessible we have these things. Uh, you've also got to be intelligent about how you go about really pouring into your players and, and instructing them on, uh, on how to be a human being and how to be a man or a woman. Coach, I think that's awesome. And I don't, I don't think it was extreme at all. Um, especially much like you said, when we are coaching, granted majority of the young ladies because of the school where I am, a majority African-American young ladies, right? And so, so am I, I can relate to that. But every now and again, I'm going to get a different race in my program and I make it a point. I make it a point to be educated through this. I don't remember a few years ago, we had an Hispanic player, amazing, loved her, loved her family. It was the place, I, I, the whole point, I was like, teach me everything. Like teach me your culture, your traditions. Te I wanna know it all. The reason being is because if we truly, like you said, not just want to coach the player, we want to coach the person, the man and the woman. You can't do that if you don't know them. And if you don't know them, they can't trust you. And if they can't trust you, there's no way you're going to ever steer them in the right direction, positively in the sport or in life. It's just not happening. And so, you know, I know you didn't explain that for a kudos. I just, you know, that just makes me have a deeper admiration and respect for you because that more and more, are what all coaches have to do and need to do if they're really trying to enhance their players. In order to do better, we got to know better, right? There's no way we can say, oh, we get it, we understand. If I don't understand, I need to seek it. And that's not coming from social media. That's not coming. I want to know from you. I need to know from people who walked in and experienced it. Oh, I never get it. Hands down, I didn't put my feet in and walk it. But you'll better help me understand where these young men are coming from. And, and honestly, coach, you honestly will gain some knowledge to even educate them, right? Because that's no question. all the time. That doesn't mean just because your race is your race doesn't mean you understand the race that your ancestors ran for you. So we have to educate everyone in order to make them better, Coach. And I, and I love that. I think that is a true mark of servant leadership, truly. And speaking of servant leadership, right, we know in that faith that you talked about, sometimes, you know, we have faith. Right. But things happen in our life where it becomes a little bit harder to find. So in the midst of a season, the up and down, the practices, you know, COVID had things so crazy. We're also people. And I tell people all the time, people see a coach in front of our name and they see us on the sidelines or insert your sport field and they forget we're people. So you've already talked about some of that adversity and it continuously happens because we're human. Can you talk a little bit about how you stay spiritually fit? in the ups and downs of your day, not only as a coach, but as just branding? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a few layers to this. So for me personally, and this may or may not uh, work or apply to some other individuals, but for me personally, like I said earlier, I gotta read for an hour every morning, I have to. Something I picked up years ago and, and I get anxiety if I don't do it. For me, I feel like it, it gives me a, a sense of, uh, centeredness uh, gets my mind moving in the morning. It, it, it makes me start thinking about things uh, in a different light. Uh, the other thing I do as well, which I would highly recommend anyone get this book. It's called the coach's Bible. Highly, highly recommend when I was at the university of Nevada, one of my uh, good friends, he's the FCA director uh, gave me it. And uh, I mean, I can kind of just show you what I do. Like I'll, I'll highlight some notes and, and um, I, even if it's just the daily devotional for me, again, it's something that if I don't do it, 
I feel off. I feel like I haven't, uh, you know, I have, I'm missing something, you know, I'm almost OCD about it uh, to the point where, you know, you know, I'll go back and, you know, before I, if I get into work and I realize I, I didn't read my coach's Bible, I have one here at home and I have one at work on my desk. Uh, or if, you know, let's say I'm on the road and, and I don't have something, I have a daily devotional app on my phone, um, you know, or even just seek out information just so I can feel like there's a bigger purpose. Um, and I try to do that regardless of what my schedule is, whether we've been on the road, whether we're coming back off the road, whether I've been recruiting, uh, maybe it was a long game the night before. I feel like for me, I've been able to develop that habit and that discipline uh, over years that it's something that, you know, you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you know, because it's the right thing to do. It's you've built that habit over time. And uh, when you don't brush your teeth, you're, you're kind of walking around like, I don't, you know, I, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like, uh, so for, for me, it's, uh, it's something that I just have to do. It's a daily discipline for me, I, reading for an hour, making sure I, I read my daily devotional. I, I also uh, meditate and do some mindfulness stuff uh, through an app uh, called Vision Pursue. So it just kind of gets my mind uh, going and straight. And again, I, you know, I said it earlier, you can't give away something you don't have. Uh, so for me, how can I give away knowledge, wisdom, discipline, uh, thoughtfulness, uh, even spiritualness, you know, like how can I give those things away if I don't have it? Uh, you know, and the, and the other thing too, I think we are, we live in this environment that is so amplified, that is so, uh, wired for you know it's so cutthroat uh the amount of emotionally charged days that you have the highs the lows it it's unhealthy at times and i think for you for any individual it's so important that you have to find a way to refuel yourself every day and get yourself in the mindset uh, to be able to deal with those things you know i think every human being in life uh, can know or, or understand when you talk about you've had a bad day now you get someone else's problems thrown on you then you're just like man I got I mean you know bump this I'm going home I'm you know I don't want to deal with none of this you know I got you know mom dad I got work traffic was bad you know uh, whatever it might be I think if you have a, a method or a routine that gets you in that mindset to help you deal with those things specifically spiritually, I think, it, you know, it's, it, it's only going to serve you better as a coach. You know, you can't pour your cup into somebody else's. You can't fill someone else's bucket. Again, if, if your bucket's not filled, you know, and, yes. and I think for me, it's been extremely important, uh, especially with the, the student athletes that we have, just having that daily reminder and daily recharging, um, you know, and I'm not perfect no one's perfect. I also have to have some humility and grace in the process of life and know that, you know, as anxious as I get, if I don't read in the morning, as anxious as I, as I get, if I don't, you know, read my devotional or uh, make sure, you know, I listen to Inky uh, Johnson or Eric Thomas every morning, um, every morning. Um, so, it, you know, if I don't feel like I'm gaining some sort of, uh, whether it be scripture or uh, motivation somehow, I don't feel right, but at the same time, 
it'll be okay. You know, and, and I wasn't meant, you know, I wasn't born perfect. It wasn't meant to be perfect. Uh, it's just life's goal to try to be perfect. And, and, you know, you chase excellence, hoping to reach greatness and, you know, it's just part of the deal. So I have to have some humility and grace in the process. And that's kind of how I go about it. I don't know if that, if that makes sense to other people or if other people can steal that, but it's just, it's been my process. That's been good for me. No, for sure. And, and the biggest part that, that I pulled out and I tell everyone, I can agree wholeheartedly, right? Like people laugh. I tell people I go to sleep early. I know I'm young, but I go to sleep early because my time is in the morning when I'm up at 5 a.m. No question. And I have to, I have to have that. And when I don't, if I oversleep and I don't have that, you're absolutely right. Much like if we didn't brush our teeth or wash our face or take a shower, you feel off. You feel detached. You don't feel like you can immerse yourself into life because it can't push you. Not only that, like you said, my cup's now not full. And so how can I pour as a servant leader all day if I didn't recharge and refuel? And so I'm with you on that. It makes perfect sense. That regimen is important. And it doesn't matter when you do it. I like to do it early, right? Because I feel like it just starts me to have a great day, not just for me, but for other people that I know I'm going to reach and touch and serve. So I'm with you. I love what you said here. You said, basically, I'm not perfect, but I'm chasing excellence. And uh, I'm chasing excellence in order to reach excellence. I'm, I'm chasing perfection in order to reach excellence. And I think that that's just it. I, I like to listen to Inky. I like to listen to Steve Harvey. He does like a nine-minute nugget every day. Um, and one of the things that he was saying, he said, God honors us with his grace. It's not something that we can buy. It's not something that we have to do. He just needs to see that we are, like you said, we're chasing to do the right thing. We're chasing perfection. God already knows we're not going to always get it right, but he honors the fact that we're trying. And so when we can do that, we can push. He knows we're not going to get it right. He knows we're not perfect. That's why God sent his son, right? But when he sees us doing that, he gives us his grace, which you also mentioned. And I, I'm loving every second and every word of that, you know, for the coaches and athletes that are listening, even if you don't have a routine yet. I suggest you try to pick up some of those trends, go get you a coach's Bible. I'm with you on that. Absolutely have one. It is important um, because some of those days as coaches, we know we need a, you know, a little bit more than just the word, right? Uh, Amen. People. <laughs> Amen. Speaking of- And I also think no, real sure, quick, ahead. I also think to, to your point of the season, I think it's important that people need to know that, you, you know, you're defining the present. I think when faith becomes important or when uh, you question your faith, it's because you lose sight in your, uh, of the present and you, and you start mm. focusing too much on the past or the future, things that could have been or things that don't matter. And I think for coaches, it's really easy, even players, to lose sight of the present, you know, and, and you're defined in your life in the present. And uh, that anxiety, that, that, that questioning a lot of times, it, 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 it's real for sure, yeah. uh, but it's also important to put it in perspective and, and have the proper perspective, knowing that whatever you do in the present is, is how you're going to be defined. And, and, you know, for me, it's, I got to make sure I'm every, I'm, I'm good every day. You know, every day I just focus on today, uh, plan for the future, hope for the future, have faith in the future, but I can't make that my own folk, my only focus and, and, or think about the past in the rear view and get anxious about either because none of that matters at the end yes. of the day. The only thing that matters is what I can do right now. 
And uh, I think that's also really important in that uh, long season or long week uh, that you don't lose sight of what's really important. And that's, that's the, the now. I think that's golden coach. And not just even in the long season of our sport, but in the long season, sometimes of our lives, right? Because we know, we always say we've been made to endure for a night, but sometimes it endures for a whole season, right? And that holds true, even in those regards that we have to stop focusing so much on tomorrow, right? The word tells us that tomorrow is our take care of. He got that, right? Take no thoughts in any parts of tomorrow. And so I think that is gold, what you said. We'll lose sight of the present. So we're so busy focusing on what's going to happen next. What, what's going to happen if I don't do this? What about next week, next month, that we forget to enjoy and capture the moments of the present? I think that's golden, coach. Golden. I appreciate you. <laughs> You know, Coach, my, I told you this before we even got on, y'all. He, he said something that made me think of my, my grandpa. And anybody that knows me and is listening knows, like, he he's the man, right? He was the man, rest his soul. But he would always tell me, you got to keep a scripture in your heart. Or you got to keep a quote in your heart. Or you got to keep a word in your heart, right? And so, Coach, when we have those moments, and it may be a few of them, but is there any type? And if not, that's fine. Um, but is there any scripture or quote or powerful word that you kind of keep close to you, a mantra that you say to kind of help you when you're in those hard moments to help recharge you. You're uh, you're asking me to choose like my favorite child. Like uh, I, don't know <laughs> but I can give you a few. Um, sure. And, I'll, and I'm a big quotes guy. I have a quotes file that's like 50 pages long. I Not like it. Guy, but I just if I see something I like, I I write it down or I I put it in there. Same uh, here. So it's a little bit more difficult than saying, you know, hey, what do you think about this one or or what do you think about that one? Um, so I'll give you a few if that works. For sure. I apologize doing that. I wish I could. I think simplicity is genius, but I uh, I just can't be simple here. That's like, hey, I get it. Um, so, you know, the first one, just a little background on it. My dad was in the military for 27 years and there's no human being in the world that I respected more than my dad. Uh he was a leader of men. He was a, a full bird colonel in the, the United States Army, served overseas, uh, was in Desert Storm, was on the general's list. And then obviously, like I said earlier, he, uh, he unfortunately was diagnosed with ALS and uh, was medically retired from the military. And uh, I learned more about him now than I did when he was in the military, which is kind of unique uh, because just of how his nature was you know he was very well put together and and vulnerability was very hard uh for him to show uh just being military and and the status that he had to be honest so when he got sick he started writing a book and uh that's also part of the reason that i i learned about him is because his thoughts are in the book and uh he didn't complete it it was very hard for him to write the book as as he progressed with his disease, but I thought it was a, a very uh, uh, unique way to talk about leadership. And uh, I think in anything that you do, uh, how he defined leadership, you know, and he, again, he had served and, and given his life to the military. That was what he did and who, who he was. And, uh, you know, he loved his, um, 
you know, his country, uh, you know, and loved his family. And again, like I said earlier, he was the all American father. And, uh, so when he first got into the military, the story behind it is he was asked in basic training to write down his definition of leadership. And, uh, in the book, he writes down, he wrote it down 27 years ago. Down is a privilege, it's not a right. Leadership is earned, not ordained. Leadership is hard, but it's very rewarding. And I thought that was very powerful. Um, you know, again, it's leadership is a privilege, not a right. You know, it's a privilege to lead, it's a privilege. We, we have a job as a coach, and that's not a right. We're not, it's not our God given right to coach, we're it's a privilege to coach. It's earned, not ordained. You have to earn the right to be a leader. I tell people all the time, your, your title, your, your role doesn't determine whether you're a leader. Your impact as a person Say determines it. whether you're a leader. And uh, I, I really believe that, you know, just because you're not the head coach, just because you're not an assistant coach, just because you, you might feel meaningless or small or minimal in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't define you as a, as a person and it doesn't define your impact. Um, you know, and, and so I think that's really important and it's hard. It's hard. Let's be honest. You know, it's a grind. I know some people don't like that word, but it's hard. It's a, it's a grind. What we do in life, you know, whether it's your profession in coaching or whether it's just being a friend, whether it's being a family member, uh, call it what it is, you know, life is hard, whatever you do in life is hard, but on the end of that, it's rewarding as well. And, uh, and I just thought it was a very cool and unique story. He talks about it in his, in his snippet in the book. Um, you know, and, and for me, I, I've, uh, you know, my coaching philosophy, the, the, the first page of my coaching book is that quote, um, something I, I hope to live by that I can, you know, say at the end of it, that, that I was able to, to live that definition of leadership. So that's one of them, uh, obviously very personal one. For me too, uh, the, the second, you know, I'd probably say going into scripture, um, I heard this, I think it was Tony Bennett at UVA said it in, uh, in one of his YouTube videos, uh, well, it was an interview, but it was on YouTube. He has a, a program, uh, foundational principles, the five pillars of his program. And in, in describing one of them, uh, he gives Proverbs 27, 21, which is a great one. It's fire test the purity, uh, fire test the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. And I thought that was so unique for him to say, because you talk about a guy that has won a national championship, has had all the success, been at the top of the ACC. Everyone thinks he is an unbelievable coach. He gets all this praise, all this attention, adulation. It's much deserved. I mean, you can't argue with his success. But I've worked his camps. I've been to his practices. One of the most humble human beings you'd ever be around. I mean, to to uh, to a conversation, to a watching him in practice, small micro uh, interactions that he has. To each moment I've ever seen, he's been the most humble human being, and it's not normal, you know. And, and that's unfortunate to say it's not the norm that you have a, a coach of his stature that, that walks around and, and, and lives his life with such humility. But 
that doesn't mean that, you know, I can't learn from it and, and uh, try to take it in. And, and so I heard him say that and I said, man, that's really, really cool. You know, um, again, that one was fire test the purity of silver and gold, but a man is praised by the, is praised and tested, uh, is tested by the praise he receives. Uh, and then if I was to give you one that I've kind of lived my coaching career, I used to write this on every card, uh, that I got, you know, like when you're younger, you're told to write letters as much as you can. And so I would write this to be honest. I think it's kind of funny looking back on it because I'm a, I was a 22, 23 year old graduate assistant and I was writing this on uh on cards that you know to i don't know shock smart you know or uh yeah i don't know um different you know high high major coaches trying to get to know them and um it's by sun Tzu. so one of the books i would recommend for any coach or any any person really to read is uh the art of war it's a great you know uh yeah old generational book i think uh you can take a lot out of it in it. And to be honest, you don't have to read the whole thing. There's uh, shortened versions, but uh, he says, uh, regard your soldiers as your children and they will follow you into the deepest valleys. Look on them as your own beloved sons and they will stand by you even unto death. And uh, again, I don't know why I wrote it on every card, every, uh, every uh, letter I wrote, you know, I would, send it to high school coaches and I'd send it to, uh, you know, like I said, like Shaka Smart, you know, Will Wade, uh, Mike Rhodes, you know, Mike Jones, all these coaches that I had worked for coaches. I didn't know, you know, and they're probably like, who is this kid? <laughs> you know, he's at his recording university and he's, you know, sending me quotes about, you know, Sun Tzu and, uh, I don't know. So those three have, have kind of been, uh, been some that I tried to live by, uh, that are important to me. I mean, every day I try to find something new too. So it's like, it's a, it's an ever evolving list and uh, you know, maybe someday I'll try to rank them all, but it'll be really hard. No, I think it's awesome. I think it's powerful. I think as a coach and as a leader, um, all of those are powerful because they play a part. They play a role into who we are. And what I do know, what I've learned is, you know, when, this, when you're in the storm, that's not the time to go trying to find the umbrella and the shelter and the coverage, right? You need to know, as I said, when a hurricane's coming, I'm down here in Florida, right? You're in Texas, so y'all get it sometimes too, but we are always prepared, right? Hurricane season is coming up in a few short months, excuse me, and we're always prepared. You don't go, I mean, some of us do, but once the hurricane's here, you can't run into Walmart and grab water and try to get a flashlight and a radio. It's here. And so those quotes and those scriptures, the reason why I always ask individuals is that because when those moments come, right, and especially for you, you keep, I'm the same way. I keep a notebook always with me, beside me. But when I hear something, whether it's a person I'm speaking with or even a person that I'm watching YouTube, because those things, they're culminating. They help us when we endure and when we can fall back on it and remember, right, you've achieved much success in your life. And even, you know, currently where we stand, the amazing season that you all had. But that Proverbs 27, 21 keeps you grounded, right? It keeps you centered question. and to know that where your help comes from. No question. And, and, and it's also important too, like you said, 
when you look at a scripture or, or, or a note that it's like that routine that I talked about, you know, it's, it gives you the uh, perspective, the centeredness that you need to either re refocus or recenter um, or, or get prepared uh, for the, the storm, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, like Abraham Lincoln says, the best time to repair your roof is not when the sun is not, is when the sun is shining, not during the storm. Yes. You know, that's the truth. You know, like this, I think everyone has, you know, some, it may not be quotes, you know, sometimes it may be going for a walk and mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, the mindfulness and thinking and, um, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, going for a run, getting a workout in and, and, but it's, I think it's really important. Uh, and obviously the, the purpose of, this conversation and the, you know, the question, I think scripture is a great way to do that, to, to mm -hmm. really think and, and, you know, I can tell you this, there's not a, a lot of books that are older than the Bible and the fact that they can hit on so many important topics, whether you're religious or spiritual or not, and you read the Bible or you read any form of, of uh, religious materials, and the fact that they can hit on different things like Proverbs 27, 21. Um, I think there's obviously, you know, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the world. There's some knowledge and wisdom there because these are things that have been going on for hundreds of years. For sure. Uh, it's not going to change. It'll go on for hundreds of more years, you know, and, and to be able to dive into a scripture and really learn from somebody that existed so long ago or people that existed so long ago i think it's it's you know it's really cool and uh again i try to do it every day but um you know may not be it for everybody but uh it works for, for sure me. yep i love it coach these are amazing i totally agree i got so many nuggets down here from you you know as we begin to close there are always two staple questions that i end it uh, one of them you kind of already answered in terms of um, leadership with your father. But one of the things I always ask and what I will throw in there too is, I don't know if you've considered this, but I would love to see you finish your dad's book. I've That's just a me it. thing. I, you know, I actually uh, talked to my fiance and talked to my brothers about it. Uh, I, I would ha absolutely have to have some help because Understood. the... Uh, some of the chapters in the book, number one, I, I just, you know, I'm not privy to, to the stories, you know, I just, Actually. they were so, from such a, a long time ago or, or de dealt with people that, you know, I don't even know. Uh, and two, I also wanted, you know, to make sure I was sensitive to, you know, their uh, understanding of the book, you know, because we all take things in differently and, and you know, we are all at different points in our life Mm -hmm. and I think that's also really important but I it's on my bucket list of things to do okay um, and you know if it ever happens I promise you you'll get a version of it I would say let me know I'm buying and I want you to sign it with uh yeah uh with uh your your favorite scripture that you started not scripture but your quote um that you started when you were like 23 years old sitting every coach that's what needs to be in the book okay that's what I want I love it <laughs> 
But as we close, Coach, two questions for you. The first one, I tell people this all the time as I wake up in the morning and I start my routine and I have my meditation moment. It kind of grounds me because it keeps me understanding that no matter what I go through, no matter those adversity or storm moments, or no matter when I'm even having a great day and a great moment in my life, when things are going good, God is the same in the storm or he's the same when things are in the sunshine. He's the same, right? It's just up to us on if we trust him and our trust holds through. So one of the things I do is I'll always say God is, right? Sometimes I actually like, we'll take out a pen and just write. And sometimes I'll have a mental Rolodex. And I just list all the things he's been to me, all the things he's been for me, you know, things that he just is alone. So I always like to do this with our servant leaders. If I were to say God is and left a blank, but I only give you one thing that you could say, what would you say? (laughs) Yep. I would probably say, I mean, it's not one word. That's fine. One answer. So I don't know if that qualifies. It does. I would say uh, the greatest teacher. I like it. Um, I wish I could simplify that, but I don't think uh, I don't think I would do justice to it. I think it's perfect. And then, as an educator myself, one. So let's start there. But I think it encompasses so much. Even if we were to sit and break it down and define it, um, I think you said it best as a you know in a broad term when you said the Bible is one of the oldest books that exist and for it to be able to steer then steer now and steer in the future. I mean, that's only a testament of the type of man that God is right. And that you are able to teach generations upon generations upon generations and things that will hold true. And so I think that's amazing. It's also new is that we haven't had that before. So I love it. Really? You know, and Yeah. We hadn't had that one before. Sometimes being the first is not good, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, no, in this in this regard, it's it's awesome. And I like when they duplicate because he really is. And the list goes on. But like I said, it, it allows me to know that if I'm having a bad day, I can refer back to what I said he was yesterday when the day was good. And it didn't change who he was just because my day is different. And it helps me say, okay, Chelsea, you know, he was a healer, you know, such and such years ago. So just because the doctor report says this, wasn't he a healer then? You know, he was a deliverer, you know, 20 something years ago. So he can still be that same deliverer now. And I think that's amazing. He was a great teacher eons ago, generations ago, right? Thousands of years ago. And he's still a great teacher today to even be able to sit and talk with one another about his goodness. So I think that's amazing, coach. And of course, lastly, you've already given me an amazing, amazing quotes from your father, right? I have that down. I'm like literally adding that to my purple book. See, the purple book is the good book now. Oh, that's the- uh, uh, Yeah, the purple book is the book, dude, right? I the purple book, I like that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but if I were to ask you, Coach Brandon Chambers, we see the word servant leadership, we'll see people place them in taglines and, and that's fine, right? But one of the things I loved about it is that even without saying a word, you exude servant leadership in just your daily life. So if I were to ask you, Coach Brandon Chambers, what servant leadership was to you, what would you say servant leadership is? I think from the moment that I went through what I went through at 17 years old, you know, even going back to when my dad was first diagnosed, being in that victim's mentality, feeling like the world owed you, right? I was so backwards. You owe the world. 
I had to flip it upside down. And what I mean Come by on. that is servant leadership is something I've lived by since that moment. And it's how I coach. Uh, I think the best way to find yourself is to pour yourself into others. Uh, we have a we have a quote in our program and, and you know, I'd read about it years ago in James Clear's book called Legacy. It was, uh, there's, a, there's a word, an African uh, word, uh, Ubuntu. And uh, I think it's, it's so funny because Nelson Mandela talks about it and no one can really define it. Like there's no definition. Uh, it kind of just means this, you know, it means community. Uh, you know, talk about yeah, it, it meaning I am because we are. And just that communal uh, existence, you know, we all exist together and we all have to play our role and I'm here to serve you. Uh, I think it's, it's a special way to, to look at it. You know, I've tweeted that out a few times and uh, somehow, you know, I have to constantly check myself on, you know, I, we coach a, a very unique profession and uh, that, that word, you know, I, I exist to make their dreams possible. I exist to help them reach their goals, their aspirations, uh, the success that they want. And uh, I think that's so important uh, to, to make sure that that's in the forefront of your mind, in my mind, really. Uh, but if it works for you, it, you know, it works for you. It's just this kind of kind of the way that I look at it. You know, servant leadership is obviously by definition, the, you know, serving others uh, as a leader, but pour yourself into others is the best way to find yourself. And the word Ubuntu, you know, if you don't know what it means to, or if you, you know, if it's something that you're interested in or curious, anyone that listens to this, look into it because it's an unbelievable word. You know, the African culture, the, the uh, actual definition of it is, again, it's so unique. People can't really define it or tell you what it is. It kind of means everything, but at the same time, it means nothing. And, you know, it's kind of a unique deal uh, in a sense of, you know, just its cultural significance and background. But, uh, but in the end, it's just about being a good person and serving other people in your community and just trying to do the best you can to do that. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it does, uh, and you made the purple book by yourself. Your dad made the purple book, and you made the purple book. <laughs> oh, my dad would appreciate that. He was a quotes guy too. Side note: not to, not to. I know we're uh, we're kind of going over, but side you're good. Note, Go ahead. Uh, again, I found out more about my dad after he's passed, which you know, it's, it's got its own trials and tribulations. But I'm a quotes guy. I I developed that after he had passed. I mm-hmm. never knew he was a quotes guy. Not once. Like I never, he never like sat me down at the table and, you know, like you talked about your grandfather, you know, and some mm-hmm. of the things you would say, you know, I, I just never had that experience. And, uh, I just, you know, Shaka smart was a big quotes guy. And I, I thought it was pretty cool. And I just kind of started gathering quotes, but I've kind of fallen in love with, you know, scripture quotes, whatever it might be things I read or see. And, uh, just been a 12, 15, you know, I don't even know how many years process, but, going through some of his belongings I find a book of quotations and wow it has chapter 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 like I mean I'm talking like a hundred chapters of just you know quotes about life quotes about happiness quotes and I'm just like man that's pretty cool that's pretty yeah cool. yeah it is I'm saying something or 
you know, sometimes, you know, it's just complete coincidence, but uh, just kind of a really cool deal. So, so sorry for that side note and to go off on it. No, I thank you for that side note. And I will say that there are no coincidences. I think that he indeed wanted you to find that. I think that is amazing when things like that happen, um, you know, and especially when you get to find out more about your father in a different way, um, you know, because of what he left behind for you. And so it almost has the same symbolism of the word, right? That even though your father has gone on, the legacy he leaves to still teach you. And I think that's Both amazing. Questions. And and real quick, and I'll close with this, unless there's any, I don't know if there's any questions or anything like that, but you had mentioned it, the purple book. Uh, you had <laughs> things down. And it's funny to talk about because I've started journaling. Okay. But in thinking about my dad, it's the reason I started journaling. I started journaling, journaling last year. And uh, I, I just, for me, I don't know if anyone will ever read them. To be honest, I don't really care. Uh, what I care about is to leave those moments and memories for my children. Yeah. It comes to that. It, and maybe some of them I shouldn't leave. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I just think it's so cool that, you know, it's kind of funny. We kind of joke about it. But uh, with and if and when you ever have children or great-grandchildren, I think it would be very special for them to say, man, look at this. Like Chelsea was an unbelievable person. She was thinking about these things, you know, our family 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Right. Um, you know, and, and a friend of mine asked me about uh, journaling maybe six months ago, five, five, six months ago, right before our season started. And I really encouraged him to do that because you're leaving a legacy every day. And uh, if you're able to put down your thoughts on paper for the next generation, for your, your kids and your family, they may never see it, but I still think it's something that's like a, a very unique memento and, and for sure. very unique and special, uh, I don't know, uh, just thing to do. I, I just think it's, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. Yeah. I wish I could go back and ask my dad, you know. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what do you think about this? You know, the, the feeling or the moments he went through when he was proposing or when he was having children or, you know, anything like that. So I, I don't know. The Purple Book is a good book. I hope you can see <laughs> that. I would encourage you not to give that up ever because it sure. Purple Book could surface to, uh, to some people that mean a lot to it. And uh, it'd be pretty cool. Well, we're going to keep the Purple Book going. And I when the Purple, the purple Book... book because it's purple one but purple represents so much right um just royalty and wisdom um and so that is just love it like i feel like you know i have so many right i love them me and my godmother if we find them, we have some that are just so beautiful you don't want to write in but it seemed like every time and it wasn't you know by design or i planned but the most powerful things right the things that move me the purple book would always just be there. Not on purpose. It just would, if it moved me, it was like, I look and the purple book, right? I don't know if y'all can see if it's purple or whatever, but, I love and it. then I have about five of these. I see? Love yeah. Amen. Amen. And it's supposed to be the same. Right. There you go. So guys, if you're out there and you don't journal, all right, hear it now. All right. Start your purple book or your red book or whatever it is, your book of thoughts, right? And have at it, because just like uh, Brandon talked to us about, it's about leaving a legacy. Um, and not only in our 
words, but the words are just a documentation of the actions we did for those that can't see it. And I think that's amazing. Coach, you are awesome. You are awesome. You are awesome, awesome, awesome. I appreciate you because let me tell you, I appreciate every servant leader that comes on here, but the beauty of it is the difference in each conversation. And that, that's the beauty of it, right? You can, you talk, we're just talking about two words here, servant leadership, talking about faith and sports, right? Three different dynamics, right? And sometimes you would feel, okay, it's going to be the same thing. It never is because it's the true organic nature of God's will. And I just thank you for your time. You've had a long season, right? You've been ups, downs, highs, lows. And I mean, let's be honest, for coaches, the season really doesn't ever stop. So for you to just take the time out, much like you said, you spell love with T-I-M-E. So for you to take the time out to speak with me, excuse me, and not only with me, but this will go out and touch others. I just appreciate you for that and just your time and efforts. And I wish you all the best as you move forward and leaving your legacy um, and not worrying about just the potential on the tombstone, but truly leaving a big dash between your time. Well, I appreciate you. And like I said earlier, the fact that you've been able to do this and continue to do it and have your own tribe and, and educate and, and share uh, with other people, you're the real superstar. You're the real, real hero because you have to tie it all together. And I know firsthand how much time and preparation and uh, attention to detail that goes into it. And again, a lot of times it's thankless. You know, you don't necessarily get a lot of uh, love and, and respect and adulation for it. But in reality, you're the real superstar. So I, I can't thank you enough. And, and obviously, thank you for the, the platform to just come on and, and chop it up and, and share a little bit. Absolutely. I'm humbled by that, man. I really am. And the family just keeps growing. So before we leave, I'm going to say a quick prayer and then officially enter you into this servant leader family. So if everybody could just bow your heads really quickly. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for what we've seen and what we've heard. We just thank you, Lord God, for again, crossing paths, Lord God, with another servant leader to be able to learn and grow, Lord God, and to continue to just try to find the ways to be better leaders, Lord God. We thank you for him pouring into us today with his knowledge and his wisdom, Lord God, but truly his transparency to make us better. As he said, Lord God, just strengthen him as he continues to coach these young men into better people, Lord God. Strengthen him as he pours his cup, Lord God. Refuel him every morning, Lord God, as he enriches himself in you. Fill him so that he can continue to strive right and move right uh, to be a better leader and servant and coach and man of God for you. I thank you right now for the Servant Leader Platform, Lord God, as we approach one year, I ask that you to touch every speaker that has been on and touch every speaker that's going to come, Lord God, and just culminate what you've done in this platform. But most of all, Lord God, we ask that you just continue to allow us to be light so that those that may not know you can see us and find you. In your son Jesus' name, we will always pray. Amen. Amen. Brandon, you are now a part of the Servant Leader family. We are excited to have you. And if there's anything we can ever do, we're going to follow you. All you have to do is reach out. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I you, Brandon. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you all next time.